Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the Almighty Be Live, the Money Man Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast is a sports podcast that's by the fans for the fans. Talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. If I'm not mistaken, it is episode 133, to be exact, all right? First of all, good morning, good afternoon, good night, or whatever time of day you're listening to it. I go by the name of the HOC, Eddie Cool, and as I said before, this is another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Um, due to me deciding to stay in Myrtle Beach another day, we're going to do something a little different with the Sports Bros Podcast, all right? Scotty D is going to give you his thoughts about everything going on in the world of sports over this past week and this weekend. Um, y'all be easy on him because um, it was his birthday week and his Cowboys let him down again. But nevertheless, Scotty D will give us his thoughts on everything from boxing, MMA, and everything in between, all right? Then y'all might be live. He comes through with his be live top five, and he gets at some Clemson haters and gets them together. Uh, I tried to watch that game. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, once it hit 30, I got up, I turned the TV off, I went outside, went on the porch, and had me a adult beverage. I didn't cuss. I will say this, though. The Gamecocks... We're going bowling. We are bowl eligible, all right? So shout out to Coach um, Coach Shane uh, Beamer in his first year by getting the Gamecocks bowl eligible. Uh, you know, hey, what can you say, all right? What can you say? So we'll be back next week with a full episode of the Sports Bowls podcast. But in the meantime, take it away, Scotty D. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Hey, 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 welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the money man, Scotty D, on behalf of the head of creative, Eddie Cool, and the Almighty Be Live, thank you for joining us. We are thankful for you. And yes, I am looking ahead to the next holiday because this past one was not that good for me. Yours truly, a Dallas Cowboys fan. Anyway, Eddie Cool is doing a little bit of holiday travel. We'll be joining him again next week. He'll be back next week and we'll be visiting with Be Live here a little bit later in the show. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... It was quite a week in the NFL, starting with the elephant in the room. That's right, the Thanksgiving Day game, the one that mattered. Not that early mess with the Lions and Bears. The one that mattered, the Raiders somehow defeating your, my, our Dallas Cowboys 36-33 in what will surely go down as the Flag Fest Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, this was not good for me to watch this game. This is three years in a row now the Cowboys have lost on Thanksgiving, ruining yet another holiday-slash-birthday weekend. Um, you know, the Cowboys were rolling here through September and October, and now 
the concerns are starting to surface. Now, granted, there was no Amari Cooper on the field, no C.D. Lamb, no Demarcus Lawrence, no Randy Gregory, but there was a $160 million quarterback who looked very, very average for three quarters. I give that credit. He came out in the fourth quarter, looked pretty good, got the game tied up, went into overtime, and then could not pick up a first down on the first possession. You win the toss, you're at home, you're thinking, all right, we got the momentum, we're going down, and we're going to win this game. But no, three and out for the Cowboys. And it was it was a sloppy game. As I said, there was there was just way too many penalties. Ridiculous penalties on both sides of the ball. I mean, come on. Come on, NFL. Look at that and say, guys, let, let these guys play a little bit. It, it, is, a, it is a contact sport. But um, I, you can't pin this game entirely on Dak Prescott when the defense gives up over 500 yards and four pass interference penalties. Just just a heartbreaking way to, to lose a game. And the Cowboys actually did force the Raiders into a third and 18 situation. And Anthony Brown, Dallas cornerback, flagged for his fourth on the day, setting up the game-winning field goal. So that that victory get the Raiders back into that was much needed for the Raiders. They were on a three-game skid of their own. Gets them back into the into the mix on the AFC side. But for the NFC, the Cowboys, once dreaming of a possible number one seed in a bye week, now just looking to get back on track. Um, fortunately, the Giants, Eagles, and the Washington football team all seem to be significantly enough in the rearview mirror where the Cowboys aren't worried about winning the division. But they got I mean, let's face it, they got to get back on track. And they will get the opportunity to do that against the Saints in New Orleans on Thursday night. Um, the COVID thing hitting the head coach this week, McCarthy will be out. And so the, it's up to the assistants to pick up the slack. But the Cowboys need needing to get back on track, uh, much like the Buccaneers did this past week. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off their bye week and two losses uh, faced an early deficit against the Colts, a very good Colts team, by the way, a team that seems a little bit better than their record indicates. But um, as Bill Parcell says, your record, you are what your record says you are. Uh, but they they got uh, behind the three touchdowns by Leonard Fournette and 100, 100 yards on the ground. The Buccaneers, 38-31, so they did not lose any ground this weekend. The team that, that lost the ground this weekend, other than the Cowboys, another possible Super Bowl favorite or contender, at least my preseason pick was the Rams. This was a game that we all kind of talked about last week. The, the Packers hosting the Rams at Lambeau Field. 36-28, the Packers come out victorious. It actually didn't even really feel that close. The Packers were in control of this the whole game. Aaron Rodgers' COVID toe proved to be no problem in this one. And the Packers' defense, to me, looked more than capable of holding their own and, and the Packers being the team with this statement game saying, hey, look, you're going to have to come through Lambeau Field to get to the Super Bowl. And if you got to go to Lambeau in January, that's going to be a problem. I mean, the Packers have been right there the last couple of years. Now they seem to be to, to be hitting hitting their stride defensively and offensively. Very dangerous Packer team. I hate to say it. Um but Aaron Rodgers seems to be, um to be finding his, his groove. That that whole fiasco after opening day where he's like 
don't panic or whatever after that opening day lost to the Saints. That's well, well in the rearview mirror. Packers looking good. Packers, Buccaneers both back on track. The 49ers also seem to be climbing back into the mix with a 34-26 win over the Vikings. They are now back to 6-5, and five, and it seemed like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback. Um, it seems to be no question about that at this point in time. Over in the AFC, confusion once again this week. Um, well, I guess we could be emerging a little bit from the confusion of the AFC. Because I, I stated last week I did not think the Browns were looking good at this point, and neither did the Ravens on Sunday night, but the Ravens got the victory, and they are now uh, emerging as one of the AFC favorites, as are, stop me if you've heard this before, the New England Patriots. They handily handled the Titans at home 36-13. Uh, defensively, they look outstanding. They're, they're coaching Mac Jones to... Uh, to a rookie of the year campaign is basically what's going to happen there. And uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, who actually needed the win that they got on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, not only did they beat the Saints, but they beat them handily. And that's what a good team, a, content, a top contending team should do. And that's what they did. They seem to have gotten back on track. And now they will have a head-to-head matchup in Buffalo on Monday night football next week. So circle that game as, as the potential game of the week because the – New look New England Patriots against the team that we thought was going to start taking over that division. They'll be fighting for the division. They got two games. I think they play, if I'm not mistaken, I think they play twice uh, in in a three-week span. Twice in three weeks. Uh, Don't hold me to that, but I believe so. But that will be a big one next, next Monday night. It's good to get a good Monday night football game. Especially like when this week we have... Washington football team against Seahawks. Eh, yeah, that, that's a gambler's game. There's, there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of interest in that. But, uh, you, you know, we used to get a lot more good Monday night football games, and now, you know, Sunday you get the flex game and all that. If if the game is no good, they'll 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 flip it out and put a, a really good game in prime time. Monday night football. I'm guessing because of travel restrictions and plans and all that kind of stuff, they 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 don't get the flex. So in, in late November, you get you may get a. Washington Seattle game that may look good early in the year, but is not 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 what we had in mind at this point. But next week, yeah, it's good to get another good Monday night football game going. The Bills and the Pats. And also another team that seemed to reestablish themselves is the Bengals. Talk about two teams going in different directions. This is three in a row in a season sweep for the Bengals over the Stillers. And I mean it just it looked it it looked bleak in Pittsburgh at this point. You know, they started off rough, then they got a little bit of a good patch going, but um, Pittsburgh seems to be uh, looking at a serious uphill climb if they're going to try to get back into contention in that division. Um, good weekend for, for the NFL. Uh, it was a nice weekend for me to sit and relax and watch without the pressure of watching the Cowboys because they had already ruined my weekend. So it is what it is, but... Yeah, you know, every week we try to to discern who we think are the, the 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 top contenders, and Green Bay and Tampa Bay seem to be looking the strongest in the NFC. And don't forget the Patriots. Or the I'm sorry, the Chiefs sat this one out this past week. They were on their bye week, and they seem to start. They they appear to be getting right as well. So, um, 
Don't forget, we we talked last week about uh, on our Choices of the Voices section, who do you think is currently the MVP of the NFL as of right now? Because it's there's no clear-cut favorite this year. So we'd love to hear you. Um, we'll, we'll talk that. We'll we'll do that topic again next week since we're not all together to discuss this week. But if you have not had a chance, go into our Facebook page and tell us who you think the MVP of the NFL is as of right now. Now, speaking of good weekend for football, it was college football rivalry weekend. On a personal note, let me just say this. You you guys who listen regularly, you know I'm a Pitt fan. I root for the Pitt Panthers. And when I was growing up, the rivalry was Pitt versus Penn State. And then all of a sudden, it was, hey, the backyard brawl, Pitt versus West Virginia. Okay, I thought it was Penn State, but okay, we'll go with that. Now we get neither. So Saturday night, Pitt played Syracuse in a game that was pretty meaningless for Pitt because they already had won the coastal side of the ACC, and they will be taking on Wake Forest for the ACC championship this coming Saturday. So this was just kind of a let's-not-mess-up type of week for Pitt, and they were able to handle Syracuse uh, pretty handily. Kenny Pickett, the Pitt quarterback, threw his 38th touchdown pass of the season, which passed Dan Marino's record for the single-season mark at Pittsburgh. Um, Kenny Pickett has played himself into some money this year because he would have been a late-round pick maybe last year, and this year he's potentially a a first-round pick. He's really, really come a long way since um, since last season even, but uh, throughout his career. So Kenny Pickett for the Pitt Panthers looking to win an ACC championship on Saturday night. And also during rivalry weekend, well... Uh, I'll let the boys fight out the Clemson-South Carolina game. Wasn't much of a game, as all roads led to Dabo getting another win over South Carolina. But the one I think most of us had our eyes on this past weekend was Jim Harbaugh. He got the uh, the Ohio State monkey off his back. He finally got a win against Ohio State. Ohio State was number two. Michigan knocks them off. Now they will have the opportunity to play not only for the Big Ten championship against Iowa, but by winning that game, uh, they will get the, they will secure a spot in the in the college football playoff. Now, B-Live is going to be doing his top five here momentarily, and what he is going to do is something that I am not in favor of, and that is leave Alabama out of the top five. He's going to roll the tide right on out of there because they had a not-so-impressive game against Auburn. Um, Auburn leading that game 10-3 with 30 seconds remaining. Obviously, Alabama came back, tied it up, and then in that three overtimes, they won the game. And I am of the opinion that if you think they're not, like, maybe your top five, okay, be live. You might want to say that if you're just like coming out with a ranking for the first time, but if you ha- you're doing a ranking week by week, and if Alabama was already in there as they were in the top five for the last several, well, <clears throat> since the season began, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think that by winning a road game in the SEC, even unimpressively, I don't think they should fall out of the top five. Now. They will be playing Georgia in basically what's going to be an elimination game for them on Saturday afternoon. If they lose, that'll be their third of the season. They'll be gone. They'll be out. Or actually, well, that'll, be their, that'll be their second of the season. They'll be, they'll be for all intents and purposes, they'll be eliminated. Uh, I, I think Georgia can afford to lose and still would be in the playoff. But 
The fact that Alabama has had some offensive struggles as of late and Georgia has just smothered everyone on the field defensively. I can't see Georgia losing this game. But anyway, BLive's top five is going to be coming up here in, in, a, in, a, in a few moments. Also, um, some college football coaches in the news as James Franklin signed a 10-year extension with Penn State. He's going to stick around up there. And Lincoln Riley is going to be heading out west. He's going to be coach the new coach of the Trojans of Southern California. So B-Lab is also going to touch upon how that could affect some of the college landscape going forward. But B-Lab, I'm going to I'm going to throw this over to you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the B-Live Top 5. Well, all right, all right. Well, you know what? It is so good to hear from you, Scotty D. And I, he let the cat out of the bag just a little bit. I'm, I'm going to explain. I'm explain because I do show my top five to my bros. Before we air, before we record, to get just get a feel, just get a little see what the temperature is in the room. Am I crazy? Am I really crazy? I'm really, I'm really crazy. But before I get into that, I want to just start off with a couple of announcements real quick. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everyone over the holiday. Hope you got all fat, and I, I surely did. I've been fat, but that's neither here nor there. But also during this time, this past week, I want to. Um, give a big shout out to the money man Scotty D on celebrating his birthday. Um, he's um, celebrated his 21st birthday 21 times, and then we're gonna add seven more. So you you do the math. But happy 21st plus 21 plus seven birthday to the money man, the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, Scotty D. Happy birthday to you, bro. Love you. But speaking of seven, why why does the number seven have such mm, my 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 new favorite drink um is um seven up. Seven up is delicious, is refreshing. Why is your favorite drink seven up, be live? I'll, I'll, I'll let you know why. Um because seven is a significant number to me. Um, and simply put, because this was rivalry week, it's just, I'm going to just go ahead and get into it. The number seven represents how many times my beloved Clemson Tigers, our road lead to Dabo, have beaten our in-state rival, South Carolina, seven times in a row. And so... I want to present my segment. I'm getting to be live top five in just a second, but a quick shout out to one of my good friends. We've been friends all the way since we were four years old. We old old, but um, yeah, um, um, he been talking a lot this year, and I'm gonna go ahead and apologize ahead of time to the head of creative because he is also a Gamecock fan. I want to apologize. Another good friend of mine to my boy J.R. Smooth Starwalker. He is a Gamecock fan. I want to apologize ahead of time to my boy Heath. Um, HD Audio Video. That's my dude. He is a diehard Gamecock fan. I want to apologize to them. Because you know what? They give they give me they give me they're they're consistent with it. They're consistent with the trash talk. I maybe maybe I just missed the boat and I didn't realize that um, um, my boy, 
Reese Jenkins, a.k.a. Bull, a.k.a. Um, manure, Fertilizer, you digs, all the above. I don't know. That boy got a different name every week. But I'm on you right here, right now. Don't you dare. You, you know I, I'm on a podcast. You know I'm coming with it. And you've been talking that good all year long. I didn't know you were a Gamecock fan like you were. I was shocked and amazed. I was like, ooh. When the um, when Clemson lost to Georgia. Boy, did you come out of the woodworks. I was like, well, I'd be dumb. I did not know. I was I was I was appalled. And my name isn't even Paul. I was appalled. I was like, ooh. Oh, you talking that good good right now. Oh, the dynasty is over. Clemson ain't elite. Clemson, da da da. I was like, well, I'm lobby. I, I apologize. I did not know that my team hurt you so much. And the talk kept on going all season long. Ooh, we lost to NC State. We lost twice. Oh, we're struggling against Georgia Tech. We're struggling here. Oh, you're talking that good, 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 good. good. All season long, and just uh, just hurt my poor feelings. This is the year. South Carolina's going to end the streak. Oh my goodness! I was I, I I was watching. I was like, okay, and you know, other people they, they but you know, said my, my, most people didn't really really talk that trash because they just knew they knew that the Gamecocks are who we thought they were. But for your team. Now that I know that the Gamecocks is your team, Reese, I'm talking directly to you. That I know that the Gamecocks is your team. I, and I do believe, the entirety of the Gamecock fan base will hold you directly responsible for the fact that the Gamecocks scored zero. They, I mean, in the seven-game win streak, they at least scored a point. They, they scored three points. Uh, two years ago, they, they've scored some points, but you came out of the woodwork this year, and they scored a goose egg, nothing, Nathaniel, and this was the team that was supposed. This was supposed to be it. Our quarterback is not pan out the way we thought he would. He has struggled mightily this year. We were we were without our top four wide receivers. Our top running back coming into the season, he transferred because he got beat out of a job. Our top tight end, out for the season. Our top two defensive players, out for the season. You were up against mostly second stringers. Our quarterback still struggling. He only had two starts before he came in. You might as well call him a freshman. Yes, he had high hopes and Heisman dreams. But I want to emphasize that point. This was the year that if the Gamecocks were supposed to do anything, they were supposed to do more than zero points. This was a home game. This was in Willie Bryce, the upside-down cockroach. This is five points, Columbia, South Carolina. Zero. Zero. 
I know at this point in time you want to switch over to basketball season. I saw that too. Go ahead and take pride in your women's basketball team. They are number one in the country. Absolutely. Go ahead and switch to basketball season. But that will not take away from the fact that you, sir, came out of the woodwork and tried to kick a horse while they were down. And had absolutely nothing, and I mean nothing, to back it up. I, I you know what? I apologize to all my listeners out there. I know because this is completely different. Y'all came here for the Be Live Top Five, but I had to get that off of my chest. And due to Thanksgiving travels, and everything we're doing a different format, so I have just a little bit more time, and I had time for this. Reese, I want a public apology. I want you to tag myself and the Sports Bros podcast and the Sports Bros family. I want a public apology. How dare you, sir? How dare you come out of your it wasn't even out of your lips. It was out of your fingers on a keyboard and on your phone. Them thumbs were working really hard. How dare you, sir? And you still my boy, but I I was going to come I was coming for your throat. How dare you? Clemson all day every day. And it felt also fitting that we also gave y'all your 600th loss. 600 losses all time. And a majority of them. 72 of them the courtesy of the Palmetto State champions. My boys, the Clemson Tigers. Yes, sir. And now that I got that off of my chest, oh my God, that felt good. Oh, that felt good. That felt good. That felt good. Oh boy, you, you knew that was coming. But let's get into it. I have to explain to Scotty D and to the rest of the Sports Bros family why I do the things that I do. Let's go ahead and get right into it. This is the Be Live Top 5 when it comes to college football. And I'm going to go ahead and shot the world. Coming in hot at number five. I got to give it up to Oklahoma State. Oh, my goodness. Yes, sir, they did what they were supposed to do. They they have earned their right to be in the Big 12 championship, being the lights of, at the time, number 10, Oklahoma. And now, to build their resume a little bit more, they got a game against number nine, Baylor. And I could go quite a bit when it comes to a little strength of schedule, um, quality wins. So I have Oklahoma State. They have a chance to make it in. Number four. <sighs> it hurts. But it is what it is at this point of time because now... Because they are independent, they may have just lost their coach. Uh, we'll see. But what they have done on the field, I got to put them at number four, and that is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I have them at number four. Their only loss this year was to a number three Cincinnati. That they're undefeated, and they're pretty much they're almost almost a lock for the playoff. A lot of things can happen. But I put Notre Dame at number four because 
Like I said, again, their only loss was to an undefeated number three Cincinnati. They do have quality wins against Wisconsin and Purdue. It does hurt them that they have those five ACC games, and ACC has been down this year, I can admit. I'm part of the problem. Clemson all day, every day. Bleed Orange, I'll roll lead to Dabo, but it is what it is. Number three. I have them at number three, and I've had them in the playoff this entire time. I'm not giving the um, college football committee, the playoff committee, a chance to move them up. I've had them in there the whole time. They should have been there the whole time. Undefeated Cincinnati. That win against Notre Dame being their biggest win. They are, but they also have wins against SMU. Now, they now at this point in time, they do need to win against Houston to make it into the playoff. It has, it has happened. They lose their out. Unfortunately, it is what it is. But Houston in, um, is now ranked number 16 in the AP poll, and they were ranked last week number 24. So that that would be a ranked victory, and that would be a quality win. They need to win. I believe they win their end. Number two, and they shocked the world. But they did not shock me because I called it. I called it a while ago, but I needed to make it happen before I put them in. I said when Michigan State beat them, I had a feeling that Ohio State was going to beat Michigan State, and boy, if they did. But also, that I feeling had a feeling this year was going to be the year. And by George, if they did not do it, that team up north, the mighty state of Michigan, let's go blue. Michigan Wolverines and they did it in convincing fashion they kept the pressure they kept the pressure up Oklahoma I mean um, Ohio State Uh, that was a little tough for the Heisman candidate we shall see but Michigan did their job and I have them all the way up to number two because that is a quality quality win against Ohio State. They have they have beat Wisconsin as well. Wisconsin good lord. Boy, Wisconsin has, they have losses against Notre Dame Michigan. Like, they've, they've had quite the schedule. Now, Michigan, I'm going to put it to you this way. Too many teams right behind you with only one losses. Also, Cincinnati with zero losses. You have to beat Iowa to stay in. There's no if ands, or buts about that. You have to beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. And everybody knows who my number one team is. And it's without a shadow of a doubt. It's the Georgia Bulldogs. Man, oh man, it's too easy. Georgia all day, every day. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're so far ahead, even if they were to lose to Alabama, they're still in the playoff without question because right now currently Alabama is ranked um, number four in the AP poll because oh boy, they had a scratch head scratcher against Hall, but I'm going to get into that just a little bit Georgia is in regardless that's that. so my top five Georgia Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Yes, I do not have Alabama in my top five. 
And there's one reason and one reason alone that I don't have Alabama in my top five. They have to face Georgia. That's it. All Alabama has to do, if they beat Georgia, they're in. So it don't matter what I say. They beat Georgia, they're in. That's no ifs, ands, or buts without a question, shout for doubt. But is there anybody? I know, don't count Nick Saban out. Blah, blah, blah. But is there anybody out there that really thinks that Georgia is going to lay that big of an egg in this SEC championship? Alabama can't stop the run, and Georgia loves to run the ball. I just It is what it is. I'd have Alabama in my top five. I think they're one of the top five teams in the country without a question, shall a doubt. But with that loss to Texas A&M, and that near loss should have been a loss in the Iron Bowl to Auburn struggles against Florida, stopping the run. They are not the same Alabama team. And that's the only reason why they're not in my top five is because they have to face Georgia. So, hey, Alabama, shut me the hell up. To the Hall of Famer, Uncle Max, Hunter Simboli, hey, I apologize ahead of time, but you know what you are about to face. That's why they're not in my top five. So if they lose, then they won't fall that far. They just in the, in a, they'll end up in an SEC um um Big Six bowl game on New Year's Day. They'll be it'll be fine. It'll be all right. Can't win them all. I know. I mean, hey, all those leads devil. But now, if Alabama wins, uh, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, you don't have a chance. And uh, Oklahoma State might have a chance, just depending on what the committee says. But what I say, Alabama wins, Cincinnati wins, Michigan wins. It's Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and Cincinnati. Those will be my four teams there. Anything can happen. There's a lot that could happen. Do not count out Houston. Don't count them out. Cincinnati, don't go to sleep. You did your job against SMU. You did your job against ECU. You got to put this right here. You put it all on the line. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You leave it all on the field. You will have three weeks to rest it off. But if you don't do your job now, you ain't got to worry about the next three weeks because you're just not going to make it. So Cincinnati, this is this is the hype. This is me talking to you. The Almighty be live. Hey, do your job. I've endorsed you all year. Don't you dare let me down. This next speech I got, Jim Harbaugh. You finally got over that hump. When you lost to Michigan State, I almost I almost said like, dude, you can't win the big game. But you turned around and you did. I predicted. I said, come on, you can't. You got to make it happen. I I just I just saw it. I seen it. So don't you dare go into this um Big Ten championship and just think you it's just going to be handed to you. I was no one to play with. And they would love nothing more than just come in and be a big spoiler. Maybe Iowa's got some friends in Notre Dame. They may have some friends at Oklahoma State. I promise you, there's going to be a lot of teams rooting for Iowa. So, Michigan, do your job. 
This is it. This is your time. You can't. These these might be few and far between. This might be the year, and I'm going to go ahead and predict it. This is the year that they're in the playoffs. There's no Alabama. There's no Clemson. There's no Oklahoma. There's no Ohio State. It has never happened before. Georgia is going to be Georgia. Cincinnati, I got you in there. Michigan, I have you beaten now. I have Baylor beaten Oklahoma State. So, my prediction is this. In the playoff, Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. There it is. Oklahoma State on the outside looking in. Alabama on the outside looking in. Baylor two losses outside looking in. And that is the Be Live Top 5. I cannot finish this segment off without what I've already seen is what I call absolute madness. And this whole um, head coaching situation at these major schools in um, in college football. Um, Lincoln Riley, um, I'm glad you already got your flight and packed your stuff and you're already in Los Angeles. I don't think you could set foot back in um, Norman, Oklahoma. I, don't, I really don't think... Uh, you might make it out alive. I think you might need to, if you have some stuff left there, you might need to just let it go, bruh. Because they are not happy with you. Because you might have led them on when you said that you weren't going to coach at LSU. They were like, oh, he's going to stay. Oh, he's going to stay. Oh, nope. Just ran off through Southern California. And the high taxes in Los Angeles, the city of angels, and some high gas prices. It's a story tradition, I get it, and I will hopefully, I, I will find out very soon enough, because I, I know the listeners out there with the Sports Bros podcast, you know I love contracts. I love the mentioned Dax contract. I love the mention. Um, Patrick Mahomes contract. I just like contracts. And rumors were out there that they were offering twelve to thirteen million dollars a year for Lincoln Riley to come to LSU. And so Lincoln Riley not going to LSU, they decided to offer some more money. And there's in the rumor mills that they offered fifteen million dollars. I'm not sure if that's concrete, but I know one thing that uh, multiple sources are stating, and it's been reported. Brian Kelly, as I mentioned before, with Notre Dame, he is out. He's coming down to the bayou. And, oh, the transfer portal is just a dancing. Reports say that Lincoln Riley isn't the only one that's going to Southern Cal. Multiple recruits have already decommitted from Oklahoma. And there's other reports of 
coaches changing and doing all this stuff. But that's the reason why the transfer portal exists is because coaches can decide whenever they want to to leave a program. And this is why I say, and I'm going to say it here, and I'm going to say it first. I may not be the first person to say it. But the buyouts for these coaches and these contracts have to be much larger. If you're going to offer so much money to pluck a coach out of their program, it's almost illegal in every other sport when it comes to like players and contracts and stuff like that where you can't entice a player during a certain period of time. There's been talk since the fall of the, these moves and everything. And now all of these players, recruits, people that committed their lives to come to a school for a coach, now they don't know what to do. They were they were going to be developed a certain way. It's so many different implications just to be able to pick up and move and leave everything behind. But oh, the transfer portal. At this point in time, it is what it is, and you got to adapt to it. And I'm saying that to you, Dabo. It's about that time where we need to start looking at a couple things. I don't know. We shall see. But again, it's about the culture at Clemson. All roads lead to Dabo, Bleed Orange, all in. And with that being said, this be your boy, the Almighty Be Live, reporting to you the haps in college football. And of course, the Be Live Top 5. Yes, sir. As always, thank you, Be Live, for your top five. All right, so I'm going to give you a couple of Scott's thoughts here before we part ways for the week. Again, next week we'll get the band back together. We'll have all three of us talking uh, some college football championship weekend type stuff and, as always, the NFL. Um, as a Pittsburgh guy, as a Pittsburgh fan, the the Pirates, uh, they're gearing up for another 50-win summer, in the summer of 22, as they have just recently traded their gold glove catcher Jacob Stallings and released Colin Moran, their starting first baseman. So, yeah, we're we're gearing up for the AAA prospect summer. But in the meantime, uh, as the Pittsburgh Penguins are trying to get back on track, they, they have a little recent hot spell. The Fenway Sports Group, who own the Boston Red Sox, is a global sports, marketing, media, entertainment type of organization they appear to have finalized a deal, reached an agreement to acquire the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that deal should be done by the end of this year. Now, Mario Lemieux, who is has an ownership stake currently, will continue having an, owner, an ownership stake as well as a role with um, the as, – as basically like the director of hockey operations. He's going to be staying put and uh, – that bodes well, I think, for the Penguins and and for the fans. My hope is uh, for for three things. Number one, obviously, to keep the Penguins in town, keep them in Pittsburgh. I believe I read a while back that the NHL would obviously the other ownership they would have to approve the sale. But I believe that when a sale happens in the NHL, you're required to keep the franchise in that city for seven years. 
Now, I'm not sure what the whole contract negotiations are for this current sale, but I would I would think that with Mario Lemieux's approval that the Penguins will not be going anywhere. So keeping them in town, you know, they have three recent Stanley Cups, fairly recent Stanley, fairly recent Stanley Cups in the new arena. I would think that the Pittsburgh Penguins should be staying put. So that's that's my first hope. My second hope is to keep the team competitive. I'm hoping that this ownership group who seeks out championships yearly in Boston would actually also put the investment in into the championship process for the Penguins as well. We know that we're near the end of the Sidney Crosby era, beginning Malkin era in Pittsburgh. They're still there, but they're closer to the end than the beginning. So I'm hoping this new ownership group will keep the Penguins relevant going forward. And my third hope for them is to buy the Pirates because they have been terrible with their ownership for many, many years. The Pittsburgh Pirates have not won a postseason series since 1979. So please, somebody out there, buy the Pirates because the current owner, Bob Nutting, just seems to not care. So somebody buy the Pirates. Anyway... That's the uh, local news here. Uh, also, former Pirate Adam Frazier just recently was traded from the San Diego Padres, who, poor guy, did not make it to the postseason last year, and he's headed to the Mariners. Um, <clears throat> another personal issue for me, or personal thing, you know, we've already touched on the Dallas Cowboys, but last week, after after we'd already recorded our show, something significant happened. Earlier in this year, we had a Choices of the Voices question where we asked, who is the current worst, worst head coach in the NFL? And I chose Joe Judge of the Giants for not only having a losing record, but for having chosen Jason Garrett to be the offensive coordinator. And now Joe Judge has righted that wrong. And midway through Jason Garrett's second season in New York, he was shown the door. Okay, I give credit where credit's due. Joe Judge cut his losses and decided to move on. And it took... <coughs> pardon me. It took Jerry Jones only nine and a half years to do that same thing. So, is it any wonder why the Cowboys continue to wallow in mediocrity when uh, he had all his faith in the guy who for for nine and a half years who lasted a season and a half as offensive coordinator. So, Pierce Jason Garrett... As a very nice guy, he's working his way down the NFL ladder. Um, finally, we saw a, uh, a, a championship boxing match on Saturday night. I did Teofimo Lopez against George Cambosos, and he lost that thing. Uh, Teofimo Lopez was the up-and-coming star, won a big uh, title, shot, title opportunity last year. He won the championship, and this fight was postponed over and over again because of COVID and uh, various other things, injuries, what have you. And this fight was extremely entertaining. Uh, what, what a fight. It's the fight of the year. Uh, Cambosos, Teofimo Lopez. And, um, you know, you just don't get a whole lot of good boxing matches going anymore. So when you get a chance to watch good boxing, you take the chance to watch some good boxing. Uh, so we got the, the championship week coming up here, everybody. Again, don't forget to check out our Choices of the Voices. Go to our Facebook page or my personal Facebook page, Scott Donnelly, and uh, tell us who you think right now is the current MVP of the NFL. We'll be glad to talk that over on our next episode. Again, we'll get the band back together next week. 
And we are very, very thankful for those of you who have been following us and checking us out and hanging with us these last two years or so. Um, on behalf of the head of creative, Eddie Cool and the almighty Be Live, thank you for listening to the Sports Bros Podcast. And remember, God loves you, and so do I. Yes, sir. Once again, thank you for listening to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. 133 strong, all right? 133 episodes strong, be they full episodes or abbreviated episodes like this one due to, uh, I don't want to say travel <laughs> restrictions, but uh, due to traveling because uh, if you've been traveling all day, the last thing you're going to want to do is record on a podcast, but... I'm right here with you right now before I board this plane, and I want to tell everyone thank you, thank you, thank you for their never-ending, unwavering support um, here at the Sports Bros Podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new edition of the Choices of the Voices and a brand new episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. And in closing, do something nice for yourself, and if you can, do something nice for someone else because they'll appreciate it now more than ever. Happy belated birthday to the money man, Scotty D. Hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Y'all take care and see you next week. And as always, thank you for listening to the Sports Bros Podcast. All right, let me get my bag so I won't miss my flight. Y'all take care. See you next week.